And you should be able to tell that the story that follows will be very different from the story of Gary, or Emily, or the family of cunning little chipmunks. And this is for the simple reason that the lives of Violet, Klaus, and Sonny Baudelaire are very different from most people's lives, with the main difference being the amount of unhappiness, horror, and despair. The three children have no time to get into all sorts of mischief, because misery follows them wherever they go. They have not had a grand old time since their parents died in a terrible fire, and the only trophy they would win would be some sort of first prize for wretchedness. It is atrociously unfair, of course, that the Baudelaire's have so many troubles, but that is the way the story goes. So now that I've told you that the first sentence will be, the Baudelaire orphans looked out the grimy window of the train and gazed at the gloomy blackness of the finite forest, wondering if their lives would ever get any better. If you wish to avoid an unpleasant story, you would best put this book down. The Baudelaire orphans looked out the grimy window of the train and gazed at the gloomy blackness of the finite forest, wondering if their lives would ever get any better. An announcement over a crackly loudspeaker had just told them that in a few minutes they would arrive in the town of Paltryville, where their new caretaker lived and they couldn't help wondering who in the world would want to live in such a dark and eerie countryside. Violet, who was fourteen and the eldest Baudelaire, looked out at the trees of the forest, which were very tall and had practically no branches, so they looked almost like metal pipes instead of trees. Violet was an inventor, and was always designing machines and devices in her head, with her hair tied up in a ribbon to help her think. And as she gazed out at the trees, she began to work on a mechanism that would allow you to climb to the top of any tree, even if it were completely bare. Klaus, who was twelve, looked down at the forest floor, which was covered in brown, patchy moss. Klaus liked to read more than anything else, and he tried to remember what he had read about Paltryville mosses and whether any of them were edible. And Sonny, who was just an infant, looked out at the smoky gray sky that hung over the forest like a damp sweater. Sunny had four sharp teeth, and biting things with them was what interested her most, and she was eager to see what there was available to bite in the area. But even as Violet began planning her invention, and Klaus thought of his moss research, and Sunny opened and closed her mouth as a pre-biting exercise, the finite forest looked so uninspiring that they couldn't help wondering if their new home would really be a pleasant one. What a lovely forest, Mr. Poe remarked and coughed into a white handkerchief. Mr. Poe was a banker who had been in charge of managing the Baudelaire affairs since the fire, and I must tell you that he was not doing a very good job. His two main duties were finding the orphans a good home and protecting the enormous fortune that the children's parents had left behind, and so far each home had been a catastrophe, a word which here means an utter disaster involving tragedy deception, and Count Olaf. Count Olaf was a terrible man who wanted the Baudelaire fortune for himself, and tried every disgusting scheme he could think of to steal it. Time after time he had come very close to succeeding, and time after time the Baudelaire orphans had revealed his plan, and time after time he had escaped, and all Mr. Poe had ever done was cough. Now he was accompanying the children to Paltryville, and it pains me to tell you that once again Count Olaf 
would appear with yet another disgusting scheme, and that Mr. Poe would once again fail to do anything even remotely helpful. "'What a lovely forest!' Mr. Poe said again, when he was done coughing. "'I think you children will have a good home here. I hope you do anyway, because I've just received a promotion at Mulctuary Money Management. I'm now the vice president in charge of coins, and from now on I will be busier than ever.' If anything goes wrong with you here, I will have to send you to boarding school until I have time to find you another home, so please be on your best behavior. Of course, Mr. Poe, Violet said, not adding that she and her siblings had always been on their best behavior, but that it hadn't done them any good. What is our new caretaker's name? Klaus asked. You haven't told us. Mr. Poe took a piece of paper out of his pocket and squinted at it. His name is Mr. Was... Mr. Cooey... I can't pronounce it. It's very long and complicated. Can I see? Klaus asked.